0: football talk like you've never heard before the pinky
1: finger goes up the nose Ugh. from the tailgates he is a terrible tipper and a terrible human to the touchdowns going to the corner. He's got it. we have everything covered
2: place at the table what?
1: What? here are your hosts patrick maher and andy staples
2: His squad is in the this
1: place at the table podcast week two college football aka the drinking show and with that, we immediately head out to Florida, batting down the hatches. Andy Staples, what's good? Um, Not the weather. You all right? So far,
0: I'm talking to you. I have electricity. That is probably not going to uh, continue through the night. So it's uh so far so good, though.
1: Can't trivialize what's happening down south, and Irma is just wreaking havoc. We used to, in college at Columbia in South Carolina, we used to have hurricane parties just because mm-hmm. we didn't know what else to do, and you were stagnant in a room with a bunch of people.
0: And you were inland?
1: I'm, for you, I'm I'm pouring one out. Yeah, I was inland. That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. I was, uh, but I'm pouring one out for you tonight. I am drinking tequila. I would imagine you probably have to have something to take the hurricane edge off.
0: I, I have not broken it out yet, because I'm... St- Still trying to plow through a bunch of work because my, the I'm not planning on having power the next few days. And I don't know, you know, depending on how bad the wind is, you might get cell phone towers knocked down. There might not be service. Right. So I may not be reachable.
1: Okay. Well, I'll drink so, for you. Well, listen, yeah. we appreciate you doing this. All kidding aside, we know a lot's going on. Uh, place at the table podcast.com, P A T T podcast on Twitter. My name's Patrick Maher, live from Los Angeles. Andy Staples, of course, Sports Illustrated. Uh, right in the teeth of things in Florida, and before we get into the big games over the weekend, I bring in our producer Dustin Swedelson because um, I I have to ask you a question, Andy. Have you heard from Swede in regards to your health and and or your family's health since the hurricane scare? Yes. No, I don't think that's the right answer. He wrote you to see if you could do the podcast. Did he write you to see if you're alive? Oh.
0: He did not. That's true. You did write to see if I was alive. Yeah, uh, he I had sent emails saying, hey, I'm probably gonna be out of power. And so I got one from him. Hey, when can you tape? And then the next yeah. one, oh, saw the emails.
1: Well, we are such dudes that you know, when I wrote you earlier this week, I was writing you legitimately just to be like, hey, are you okay? And you wrote back? Well, this is my schedule as far as filming. <laughs> or recording, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. You, we don't, men don't know how to really react to, hey, dude, are, is everything okay over there? <laughs> yeah. But if we're going to make a ton of cash off place at the table, I need you to be alive. So I was checking in on you, homie. That's right. No, I appreciate it. <laughs> appreciate it. And would you like to defend yourself, big guy?
2: Uh, I just figured, you know, Andy's got a family. He's got a lot to deal with. And a text message from me would probably just like take <laughs> him away for a moment. Right. This is, the way,
0: this is the way you play it off. I like it. The
2: importance that he has to deal with and making sure his children can I, handle this right. hurricane. I, I,
0: I like this. Yeah. So, by the way, so because this thing's moving so slowly and because basically all the gas stations here are out of gas, you couldn't go anywhere if you wanted to, uh, there's not much you can do. You're kind of housebound. So, yesterday before the gas stations ran out of gas, I went to the grocery store and just bought ribs. And cooked ribs and we drank beer and ate ribs and ordered pizza and there was because there's nothing else to do i have uh, friends from miami who were who up in gainesville because they were running away from the storm in miami damn it actually turns out they're probably going to be fine down there uh, they have not gotten a chance to go home yet they'll probably get to go home uh, late tomorrow and and see how things are but uh, they didn't get the direct hit they were supposed to get so they're uh, probably going to be pretty lucky in this one, but yeah, we were just like, let's just watch football and, and eat ribs and drink beer because yeah. <laughs> what else are you going to do?
1: I mean, it's just, it's, there's crazy nervous energy because it's one of those things that just, it's not immediate. So, you know, it's coming. So there's something yeah. so odd about it. Right. Um, So my but, sister-in-law sent the list of the
0: things she's baked in the last like six hours. Meaning
1: like weed?
0: No, 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 we not. We don't live in one of those states, man. (laughs) I think it's legal for medical use here now, but
1: Andy's sitting there knitting and baking. (laughs) Exactly. I got my
0: smoker working. That was good. Uh, Now it's a little too wet to go out there for that now, but I I might make a batch of cookies tonight because we still got power. I mean, may as well use it if we have it.
1: Well, what's good with Andy tonight will be a home recipe of ribs. How about that? oh yeah no doubt um okay so everybody's okay as we talk tonight on a sunday night of course two podcasts a week place at the table uh we do the preview and the recap we give you the top five what's good with andy and food we give you gambling we give you life by the way for real though are you guys nervous are you okay like everybody's it's It's, it's seemingly okay
0: so i've been in i've i'm 38 i've lived in florida for 30 years um i'm okay because what we're supposed to get hit by is a category one. And I've been through category ones before where I stayed. And there there can be dicey moments if trees fall, or if there's something, you know, ancillary, if it spawns a tornado, that sort of thing. But just the category one wins, as long as you're in a fairly reliable structure, you're you're gonna be okay.
1: And you did for the family, you did procure a an apartment, I think a hotel up in Auburn, Alabama,
0: right? I did, but I canceled those, obviously. And it's funny because if we'd had gone up there, we, one, you'd have been sitting in bumper to bumper traffic with possibly no gas. And two, it's gonna rain really bad up there, too. Yeah. so I mean it, it's it's the wind is the problem. and and I don't I'm not trying to make light of it because if if we lived in Naples or Fort Myers or Tampa, we would have been gone. Yeah, no, it's off. no question about it. But we're in a place now where it was sort of you had to do a cost-benefit analysis of what is the safer play. Stay here where there probably isn't going to be too much risk or try to evacuate where there could be risk on the road of you running out of gas and bumper-to-bumper traffic with a hurricane coming.
1: Yeah, just, no, crazy time. So we're glad you're okay as we speak to you tonight. And, you know, what we use, place at the table, a podcast, it's a diversion. Sports are a diversion. Let's get in. Hey, let's go around the room here and let's go down to Florida and figure out how they F we all figured out how to watch those games last night. (laughs) I'll (laughs) tell you exactly how. Dude, it was intense, right? So I had four
0: screens down on the uh, little ottoman. I had I had my laptop, I had an old iPad, I had my home my personal phone and my work phone. They were all on games, and then whatever game had the most interesting thing going on, I put that on the big screen.
1: What'd you do, big guy?
2: All right, so the sixty-inch TV, not mine, roommates, because I cannot afford that. Right. It got yes, you can. That's like three hundred bucks now. Yeah. I don't know. My parents still buy me electronics. Come on, man. So you had were 60- you.
1: <laughs> Trust me, he, he, dude. This guy is a disaster. He doesn't know how to send people well wishes. He can't buy a TV. TVs literally, you can get them for seventy-five bucks now at Best Buy. What are you looking at your phone for, by I, the way? I have to remember the games and where I had them he, he, on the he's TV. Checking, he's
0: checking out the Best Buy or porn. Best Buy <laughs> weekly ad to see if he can get a deal.
2: Porn tabs have been closed because there's a hot mic in the room. You okay. don't need to open up a- anyway. Professional. Uh,
0: well, if you take a screenshot of something else and. It, you got a tab open. Well, do you have like an? Really yeah. embarrassing. Do for you, you have like
1: an antenna? I have an antenna TV set up, and then I have Wait, the like regular. Old t- yeah, like bunny ears. Yeah, to get two, four, and seven and Fox. I didn't even know you could do that. What do you mean he didn't know you could do it? I that did. was a,
0: that was a great story a couple weeks ago where millennials actually discovered broadcast television. <laughs> Like, that it was free. Dude, there's like, like 50 channels. They thought they were going to get arrested because
1: they didn't know it's free. <laughs> Speaking of porn, pirating just regular TV. <laughs> They're like, is this
0: legal? Like, they go into Best Buy and, and, and go to buy the antenna. like, how is this legal? And the old people are like, so, yeah, you don't remember when the national anthem would come on at, at 1 in the morning and then w- the station would go off the air. Exactly.
2: So, we had Oklahoma, Ohio State on the big one. The mm-hmm. really big TV, 37-inch TV from my room with Xbox, had Notre Dame and Georgia. And I had a lot of money on that one, so I was paying very close attention. And did then, you take my
1: advice I took on it, Georgia?
2: I did Georgia, and I had the under. Okay. Uh, you hit them. The big bet was the under. Two big,
1: fat winners. Yeah.
2: Uh, and then Stanford USC on a laptop, which was a little tough to see, but it eventually got moved up. And then Auburn Clemson was in the corner on another 37-inch TV.
1: Yeah, no, I pretty much had the same thing. I had the iPad. I had the regular millennial thing. I had the regular big TV going. I had my phone updates coming in. But it is crazy because you talked about it last week, Andy, on the preview show where you've actually talked to network people in the NCAA about why are these launching at the exact same time like this? This is not advantageous.
0: Well, it is to them. They want to own prime time. So if you're ESPN – it's, it's better to own prime time than to own any of 3.30. You'd rather own all of prime time than, than all of 3.30. Right. So if you, if you split them up and put a great game at noon, a great game at 3.30, and, a, and two great games in prime time, and both your quote-unquote great games in prime time turn out to be dogs, you've lost prime time. Cannot lose prime time.
1: But wouldn't it behoove NBC to get that Notre Dame George game on kind of during the day that, on a well, alone
0: But they all want a part of prime, a piece of primetime. That was the deal last night. It's been a while since you had three networks at once that were involved. Usually, it's just ESPN and Fox. In this case, Notre Dame had a really good home game, and they wanted it to be a night.
1: All right, so let's start off with I, I think the biggest. Not necessarily. It was the shock of the of the weekend, but also. Uh, just a boost for the Big 12, uh, Lincoln Riley, Baker Mayfield, rolled into Columbus, Andy, and put a 31-16 beatdown on the number two Buckeyes. And with losing Pirine and losing, you know, Mixon, didn't see this coming, and it was domination.
0: It, it was, and no, I didn't see it coming. I didn't see their defense playing that well. I uh, I thought they got a lot of pressure on Barrett uh, and I mean, one of their biggest problems last year was Ohio State lit them up offensively. Right. And Ohio State couldn't move the ball against them. And I think that bodes well for, for Oklahoma in the Big 12. Now, I, I think Ohio State's got problems on offense, and I'm sure we'll talk about that a lot more as we go on in the show. But the fact that Oklahoma shut down what was basically the same offense that, that lit it up last year, I think that is a that is a positive sign for Oklahoma going forward. Now – we got to talk a little bit about Ohio State's offense. But
1: can we also say, kind of yeah. a weird under, like a, a story underneath it all? Mike Stoop's still running the defense. Mm-hmm. So it's like his brother was the, his brother was omnipresent at the game, by the way. What was oh, that, yeah. Out, what was that he outfit was, about? He was hyped. That his outfit uh, looked like he was going spring breaking. Look, <laughs> that's a generation that loves the untucked
0: dress shirt. <laughs> it is. <laughs> the <This, this laughs> super long untucked dress shirt. Chiswick used to wear those. One all fold the time. on the cuff, too. As, One as fold my, on yeah, the as cuff. Yeah, as my friend Spencer Hall calls it the shacket, the shirt jacket. <laughs> dude,
1: He was so lit, but it was so his brother. And I think like, as you're about to expound upon, it was the defense. And, but also it was towards the end when Baker Mayfield was running around with that flag dude and planted it at midfield Woo. ultimate. I loved it because that dude has swag. Also, when he he's running did. from the police. He didn't hurt the field turf. So no, the, the, they got fake it. turf there or whatever. Yeah. All right. I, I, st- I ran all over you, but uh, it was both sides of the ball domination. Yeah. Okay. So Ohio State's offense, we have to talk about this.
0: Uh, I'm running a column for, for SI for Monday about the JT Barrett situation. Regression. It's not as simple. Okay. People outside of the Ohio State fan base, team, whatever, think it's obvious. Oh, just put in a different quarterback it's Barrett's not the guy. They think it's that easy. It's not that easy. Barrett is beloved. The locker room wants Barrett. The coaching staff wants Barrett. They want that to work with Barrett. And that makes it very complicated if you want to make a change because you go through it. Now you wonder why Barrett doesn't look like he looked when he was a redshirt freshman. Now there's a couple potential reasons. Tom Herman was the play caller. Then Tom Herman's not there anymore. That's, You would think when they ran off Tim Beck and Ed Warner and brought in Kevin Wilson that Kevin Wilson historically is a play caller on the level of Tom Herman, so that should solve the problem. But it looks about the same, which tells you big daddy's running this offense. Right. Okay, so that's part of it. The other part of it is the talent. Is not the same as it was in 2014. Now, granted, they are recruiting well; they have highly recruited players. Their backs are close. Yeah, outside though, it's not the same. But do you remember who the backs were in 2014? <laughs> it's
1: ridiculous.
0: Zeke Elliott and Curtis Samuel. Right. So, they're just they were better across the board on offense in 2014. So, what's easier? Finding better skill position players. At running back, which you can't you're not gonna find better than J.K. Dobbins, uh, and at receiver and at tight end between now and the end of the season, or between now and the Penn State game, or using a different
1: quarterback. Okay, but it does look like Barrett has the yips a little bit. I don't even know if it's that. Dude, he just looks a little uncomfortable. He was so He looks confident. a lot uncomfortable.
0: I know. He was so confident because He's handing off to Zeke. Do you see he's, a difference in the Herman and Wilson? He's throwing to Michael Thomas. I, okay,
1: so you you mentioned, you know, Samuel's a Panther and Zeke's on TV right now with the Cowboys. Yeah. But do you see a difference with the Herman and Wilson offense? Not It's in, just the in, talent
0: and tempo. And I know Wilson can go at a higher tempo than anybody cuz I've seen it at Oklahoma and Indiana. So it's not Wilson. It's, it's J- got to be something else. Okay. It's either Urban or JT. But so, this was,
1: I mean, think about it as well. They uh, Oklahoma lost M- Mark Andrews early, who yeah. is, I mean, that's a big play guy. And, as, as and far Calcaterra as came in and made a huge catch. Nine or ten guys caught the ball on offense. Nine guys. Was it nine? Okay, yep. so... It was. It, it didn't almost feel like Lincoln Riley was in the lab. Like this was. He said, "I hope this isn't our biggest win of the year," but it yeah. certainly seemed like even with Kyler Murray coming in, I don't know if that was an injury thing. It it was.
0: Uh, Mayfield was limping off the field, and he, so they got him tightened up and and brought him back out. But you could tell they had that play ready if Murray had to come in the game.
1: But Mike Stoops even said we did. We saw that in practice. So it's almost like there. And was Meyer out coached? Possibly. I I would argue that yes.
0: I mean, okay, so Mike Weber has hamstring issues, Mm -hmm. but he still averaged almost nine yards a carry. So he and Dobbins together averaged about 6.3 yards a carry. They combined for 16 carries. Barrett has 18. Now you take away Sachs, he has 15. Your quarterback shouldn't have as many carries as your two best running backs combined. It just shouldn't happen. And I've seen this before with Meyer Meyer is he he gets to the point where he only trusts certain people with the ball and usually that's the quarterback and he will kind of over rely on that person in the running game in 2007 it was Tim Tebow obviously he had had this game against Kentucky where Tebow just he had to carry the ball so much and he he bruised his ribs because he was just getting hit so much right. And so the next week they got to play Georgia. Well, he's got bruised ribs. He can't run. Georgia just tees off on him and Georgia wins the game.
1: Ohio state plays Michigan and Penn state. And so, I mean, so there's still a wide open path for them to grow. a little bit Absolutely. But I have to ask you a question. As far as Oklahoma, that is a non-conference win. That is, I mean, that's going to be the, has to be the biggest on the year. Massive, massive
0: (laughs) for, for them, massive for the big 12. Remember, Ohio State's win at Oklahoma last year got Ohio State into the playoff.
1: Right. That's what I mean. And so yeah. I'm saying path to the playoff for Oklahoma essentially goes through Oklahoma State right now, and that's it. Right,
0: and, and Oklahoma State has got to be thrilled with that result. Loved it. Because now if Oklahoma State winds up beating Oklahoma, and, and they're probably going to have to beat Oklahoma twice. Yeah. So if they do that, then the committee's going to go, well, they beat the team that went up to Columbus and whipped Ohio State. That's pretty darn good. So, all of a sudden, Oklahoma State benefits from that. Anybody who plays Oklahoma benefits from that win.
1: I thought that they just looked – I mean, think about the talent they lost with uh, from last year, and I thought that they just beat them on both sides of the ball. I just It looked like a team in Oklahoma that was better. It was weird. I mean,
0: yeah, and, and Ohio State probably has the better talent across the board, but Oklahoma plays better together, if that makes sense.
1: Hey, everybody's
0: me... in the right place.
1: Yeah, no, that's what I'm saying. So it was almost like a coaching thing. Uh, Lincoln yep. Riley, he he, be, he continues. When he speaks, it's like, dude, how is he 31? He's 34. <laughs> oh, is he? Just just turned
0: 34 last week, actually. But that's still really young. And you're right. But this is what they saw. I mean, within a couple months of him getting there as the OC, Stoops and Joe Castiglione, the AD, knew he was the guy who would replace Stoops.
1: Had you had run-ins with him?
0: Yes. Yeah, I did a thing Your on thoughts. him when he was at East Carolina. And you could tell oh, then this guy's going to be a go, superstar. Go
1: ahead,
2: Dustin. Do you think his parents still buy him electronics at his age? Yeah, because he's the same age no. as Dustin. No, I think,
0: I think he was buying his parents electronics when he was about 13 or 14. But that's, that's what the Mule Shoe mules do. When you, He's, he, he was a Mule Shoe high mule in Mule Shoe, Texas.
1: Buckshot Calvert? What are you talking about?
0: Buckshot Calvert should have played at Mule Shoe instead of Miami Carroll City.
1: <laughs> Hold on. Let me ask you a question. So when you spoke with Lincoln I remember the piece. What, what were your impressions of the kid? The, how is this guy, because I think he was 29 at the time,
0: how, how is this guy as good at this already? And How soon will be he'll be a head coach? And my thinking was that he'd go and be an OC at a big school and then head coach at a, you know, American Athletic Conference type school and then become a head coach at a power five school. It just turned out that he skipped the steps because he got to Oklahoma and they realized this is the guy We, we don't need to look any further
1: place at the table i meant to ask you this before we got into oklahoma ohio state because you have to be objective i get it but as far as oklahoma ohio state clemson auburn uh usc stanford and then georgia notre dame prior to the four which mm-hmm. one were you most intrigued by
0: georgia notre dame because the storylines i think that was
1: just the then let's go there next.
0: Yeah, Jake Fromm having to take over for Jacob Eason and start his first game as a true freshman. Uh, Brandon Wimbush playing his first good, you know, real good competition. Uh, the the softer, kinder, gentler Brian Kelly, who apparently is not kinder, nor is he gentler. But, hey, he does some yoga, apparently.
1: Let's... <laughs> Dude, he was such a dick after the game, uh, and the video- one, Not one possession, one point. It, dude, he's so. Dude, weird. you gotta have
0: a possession to get a point.
1: All right, thirty-yard field goal, three thirty-nine to go, up one. Georgia wins twenty to nineteen over number twenty-four Notre Dame in South Bend, uh, but there. Uh, let's. What did you so? The defense that we talked about, and it's it feels like this was a hard hitting game. I mean, Georgia was penalized a billion times, <laughs> but Andy, you could see like the smart whether the Bellamy and Carter, like it,
0: Bellamy and Carter, those are the ones because those were very highly recruited guys who sort of languished for a
1: while. But it was Bellamy with the blindside hit on Wimbush. Bellamy had caused, a great
0: hit, and 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 we talked to Bell. when I was in Athens on Monday, Bellamy was one of the guys I talked to. He was so excited to be going up to South Bend. Really? Like, he was like, because he, he's a big old football fan. And he's like, oh my God, I get to play a game at Notre Dame. That's the coolest thing ever. Is he a Georgia kid? Yeah. Yep. And, you know, he, he's been pretty fairly maligned. And so is Lorenzo Carter, by the way, uh, because they were coming off Jarvis Jones and Leonard Floyd. Now, I didn't <laughs> think Leonard Floyd was that great at Georgia. I didn't understand, because he would disappear in certain games. He's a sick athlete, though. He was a great athlete, but teams with a good running game would just bury him. And now Jarvis Jones was the truth. I love that dude. He would would kill you when he was at Georgia. Um, But those two guys had not just delivered on the, the promise they showed in high school. And now it seems like they may be. And so this is how Kirby used guys like Ryan Anderson and Tim Williams when he was at Alabama. This is what you expected when Kirby got to Georgia. It just took a little while to get going.
1: Because I was going to say, Notre Dame's offensive line is huge. <laughs> that, they're big. really good. And so they're...
0: McGlinchey got beat by Bellamy. That's what straight I'm saying. Straight up one-on-one on that on that last the play where Wimbush fumbled. And McGlinchey's going to be a, a longtime pro. He's a very good tackle. He just got straight up beat.
1: But step forward. Remember last year or maybe it was two years ago when we saw George's defensive front against Alabama and they looked like JV. Yes, I, I thought it looked different against and I, and Notre Dame has a legit offensive line. I just thought it was two pretty damn good teams, to be honest with you. That was it, really it, hard hitting.
0: It was. I and, and that's the thing. You know, people are like, oh, you know, pump the brakes on this. Notre Dame was four and eight last year. Notre Dame no. was four and eight last year, but they look like a different team. They look like they're gonna be better. And and don't jump off a bridge if you're a Notre Dame fan,
1: because you lost by one
0: point to a pretty good team.
1: Well, That's, it's their head coach that leads the way as far as bridge jumping. The guy's a psychopath. <laughs> he I, I I
0: thought he was supposed to I read all the stories that were Oh I, yeah I, I love we're gonna and this is how all those stories happen. And I, I I'm guilty of writing them too. Hey, we're gonna give you some time with Brian and um ask him about the. Yoga.
1: Did he and Todd Graham go to therapy together?
0: I don't know. <laughs>
1: like, think about it. Those two are psychos.
0: I Well, Todd Graham's in trouble, too. It, it, the interesting thing about that game, because Arizona State lost to San Diego State last night.
1: San Diego State's good.
0: San Diego State's really good. That's not an upset. But the thing is, it is a, it's an existential problem for you if you're Todd Graham that San Diego State comes to your place, and when they win, it is not an upset. That means you are not doing your That's job.
1: Good. That's a good point. So, uh, Sony Michelle Chubb run for 185. You knew it was going to be different from last week when, uh, you know, Georgia ran all over. The, but this was – it's not like in, – and in speaking of Fromm, who you did the piece on at SI.com, he did just enough. He had one touchdown right. pass, but he did just enough.
0: Yeah, he wasn't perfect, and that
1: touchdown pass, that <laughs> Terry Godwin, holy cow. I mean,
0: that was not, that was not a perfect throw. No. Terry Godwin made that happen. But, but I thought Fromm did a fine job. I thought he shook it. The, the fumble he had where they messed up the mesh early, that could have kind of emotionally crippled him for the rest of the game. He didn't let it bother him. I got a feeling he's going to get better as things go and on. And
1: don't get down on Wimbush if you're a noter no because I thought fine. the kid he's he's real he's 20 fine. of 40 to 10 but I I thought the Georgia defense looked better than I thought they were going to look and I think that kid looks pretty damn good.
0: Yeah, Georgia's secondary is it was kind of their their weak spot, but those guys played really well and also they were protected by Georgia's pass rush. Georgia's pass rush has had not been like that for a while. And so the secondary is going to look a lot better when they're getting after the quarterback like that.
1: How, By the way, how about Georgia in such a sweet spot now with FCS Sanford, 2-0. Now, a tricky spot for Notre uh, you, Dame. because You piece... can, you consider
0: it a sweet spot. I'm looking at the next two games. That ain't a sweet spot. Who's, uh, who's up after Sanford? Mississippi State and Athens, then at Tennessee.
1: Butch Jones will puke that away. Yeah. <laughs> He'll do something. That's it. But here's what I wanted to ask you, because last year is Kirby Smart's first year, and Mm -hmm. as far as coordinators, now he didn't get to speak because that's Saban's thing. But as far as like on a broadcast nationally being highlighted, he was so much. Right? Uh, Did you? Where were you on Kirby going into a head coaching position? Because it's not like they're all going to translate. I thought he was going to be good. Why? I thought he was going to work. Tell me why. Just because
0: he he so. He understood what, what Sabin does that works, but he also understood he has to be his own person. He can't try to just directly copy Saban because if you do that, you'll fail because you're not Saban. If you try to directly copy Saban, it only works if you're, if you're the same kind of obsessive that he is and most humans aren't. So Kirby, I think, understood who he was but also understood the things he could take from Nick Saban that he could implement. And also, it didn't hurt that Jeremy Pruitt had been the defensive coordinator toward the end of the Mark Richter era. And Jeremy Pruitt had tried to Alabamafy Georgia, Georgia while he was there. So the process of Alabamifying Georgia was already begun before Kirby got there. So all he had to do, and then he had this giant mandate because they just hired him, was say, oh, Let's finish up this and do this and do this. And so I, I think he understands what Saban does that works, but understands who he is too. That Jimbo is the best example of that. Jimbo Fisher is the closest thing to Saban. They're not that different personality-wise, but they are somewhat different. They're
1: different outwardly personality-wise. Outwardly,
0: but not necessarily inwardly. They're very both very process-oriented. I, I don't know if Kirby's quite as process-oriented as, as those two. But I thought you know Jimbo did a great job of taking what worked from Nick Saban and then doing his own thing too, but he's got the closest thing, and and Kirby might wind up with the next closest thing and the best recruiting situation. Because
1: I'm saying not a hire taken lightly by, you and I both agree, Athens a great job. It's not a hire taken lightly, and also, it's just, it, it, as far as a, a second year... It's uh, massive
0: pressure, though, because you, you they fired somebody really good. Yeah, that's what to I mean. Hire him. yeah. But
1: then, for him, and you saw the jubilation in the locker room after, I mean, think about it, that's Kirby Smart's win right now moving forward. That, eight, eight wins last year, that's the win that he was waiting for.
0: That is, that's right. You could tell... The look on on the sideline after Bellamy forced the fumble and they yeah. picked it up. Because <laughs> he's not expressive. That, generally. Was, that was okay. This is going to work. This is going to be okay. What we're doing is going to work. I've seen that before. I've seen that look before. So when Meyer was in his first year at Florida, they play at LSU. They'd, buttoned, they'd gotten destroyed by Alabama. Now they play at LSU. They get boat race or they don't get boat raced by LSU. It's close, but in the fourth quarter, they get the ball four times and cannot cross their own 30 yard line. The vaunted Urban Meyer offense does not work. In the postgame press conference, he sheds tears. And it's like, oh no, I'm not sure this guy can handle this job. What did they do? They had an open date the following week. They scrapped their own offense. They went back and looked at the previous year when Larry Fedora was running the offense and they cobbled together a rudimentary playbook of basically that offense with a couple of the things they did mixed in. And they ran that out against Georgia, which was in the top five at the time, and they beat Georgia. And the the looks on that side, I've never seen grown men hug like that (laughs) on a sideline because you knew that they knew they were going to be okay, that they were going to figure it out and they were going to get it working, and that was the look I saw on Georgia's sideline at Notre Dame. But
1: Staples, you say up on Georgia, but you're not down on Notre Dame coming I'm out not, of
0: that game. I'm not. I, I I think they're talented. They've got a good offensive line. I, I don't. Wor- I'm not worried about them having another four and eight season. They are going to improve. Now they might not improve to to ten and two, but they could be an eight and four, nine and three team. I think they have plenty of talent. I like. The personnel they have the offense are, they're running is fine the defense they are running is fine kelly could be nicer to people but whatever he's a football coach who cares
1: they'll be all right have you had conversations with him yeah and uh,
0: i mean he's a he's a he's an emotional guy but is he, he normal also, in person as as a football coach can be and he's a very intelligent guy and that's that's part of it is you know if you say something that he perceives as either unfair or incorrect and it makes him look bad, he's going to defend himself. And I think that's what he was trying to do last night. Although I thought Lake and Littman's line of questioning was completely legitimate. She was now what I would have done without. And, and I, I say this to, to young reporters I meet. Now, Lakin's been in the business for a while. I thought and, she held herself well. Well, Lakin used to cover Alabama. She used to ask questions in Nick Saban. She's, she ain't scared of Brian Kelly. Um, but you don't need a preamble to your question. Just ask your question. Yeah. That's what made him mad last night.
1: Get now, to the he, question.
0: He may have still gotten mad. had Because once she got to the question, it was a hammer. Like, she, he may have still gotten mad. but it, But the question itself was perfectly fair. And perfectly legitimate.
1: Well, Staples, it appears Clay Helton has a team, not because of Sam Darnold, because they just beat the S out of Stanford. And I'm talking about out-physicaled them, out-ran them. They ran for like seven yards a pop. That last night, Trojans, 11 straight now for the Trojans, number six, 42-24, and a route over 14 Stanford. So, how about those two backs? Yeah. Like... <laughs> We've been so. Carr gaga and Jones are ridiculous. We've been so gaga over your dude Darnold. Whoa, 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 whoa! That- <laughs> he was exemplary, and I he think awesome. last night. Right. I think last night the arm strength is everybody talks about Allen uh, and Rosen or whomever. The arm strength from Darnold, you have to admit, and the touch is there too.
0: That was beautiful. No, but we were we're so gaga over Sam that we perhaps missed that this might be the best tailback tandem they've
1: had. Since Lindell and and Reggie, well, we knew about Jones, but Carr and Jones both go over a hundred. Carr like, electric. Uh, he is he is a jitterbug, dude. He is crazy.
0: So, and and that's the thing. If they'd done this against Arizona State, whatever
1: Stanford, they did it to
0: Stanford. You <laughs> like, know who they
1: needed last night? Solomon <laughs> Thomas. They did. <laughs> That defensive front, it was <laughs> but, almost but, embarrassing. But let's be honest. Everybody can use Solomon Thomas. Dude, USC racked up 623 total yards on Stanford. That's the most, by far, Shaw's given up at Stanford. Yeah. And so, just a couple things on this game. Bad tackling. I mentioned almost 6.5 a, a pop per carry for Car and Jones, which were – but. You know what, Darnold, twenty-one of twenty-six of the efficiency was there. Four touchdowns. He did have the two picks. Was one was on a t- uh, on a tip, but Burnett and Mitchell. It was it, it. It's like it was a plotting, 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 and then USC. Honestly, they were just better. They were a lot better. And, they and, were. and Helton has really resurrected. I, I know we talked about. I'm them. sorry,
0: I fired him after the first you three did, games and last we year. talked
1: to you on our show on Sirius XM, and and it's. I don't know if it's because. Yeah, this is you why I not, don't hire and fire coaches. But Max Brown goes out and Darnold comes in, but also the team looks different and you know this as far as physicality. I mean, last night that was just a difference in physicality,
0: which again, if that's against Arizona State eh, and yeah. whatever, but it was against Stanford. So yeah. that that's a physical team. And <laughs> Bryce
1: Love ran for He had a 75-yard oh, yeah. pop. He yeah, had 160 on the yard. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. so so Helton, and again, and I think what you were saying to us when you had him fired is a weird situation with the change in the AD, uh, you know, kind of an interim basis twice, got given the job by Hayden on his way out. Now Swan comes in, uh, but there's an identity now, and Darnold helps with that, and the running helps with that, but there, it seems to be a team that's kind of getting better in 11 straight. I,
0: I would agree. and And let's say Darnold, you know, sprained his ankle and had to miss a week. I think they could they could deal with that now. They could live they could live through that. Whereas before you know before he showed up and and kind of injected them with that confidence, I don't know that that would be the case. But I think they could they could handle it now if they had to play without him for a game.
1: The last so, eleven, by the way, Andy of those those matchups had gone to, eight of the eleven had gone to Stanford. I know that's why I it was know. huge.
0: And the USC wins had been close. So I mean, it, Stanford was a bad matchup for USC. And it looked last night like USC was a terrible matchup for Stanford.
1: And guess what? So that's the Coliseum. Because who's coming to the Coliseum next week? Texas. Texas. Texas, as Mac Brown would say. Texas. And tricky spot for USC though. With Texas, as far as maybe being pissed, maybe learning a little something. I don't. I, but it, if they're going to play the way they played against Stanford, they'll beat up on Texas.
0: I yes, I, I definitely think so. And. I don't want to underestimate Texas because they do have the athletes to give them a puncher's chance, but
1: Maryland.
0: I know. Well, it's interesting. I doing Townsend doing a story Towson. but Townsend, do, Townsend. doing a story now on on the true freshman quarterbacks who've had to come in and play this year. And the more I learn about Cassim Hill, the more I like. So they were not,
1: obsessed with him in the DMV.
0: Yeah, and you see, you saw why on third and nineteen. But no, I mean, look. Texas should not beat USC, but Texas will be looking at this like the Super Bowl. USC will be looking at it like another game. That may mean something. I but if USC plays the way they did against Stanford, no, Texas can't beat them.
1: I have to give you props though because I I, I didn't know necessarily as far as UC coming into the season, but up front you were like they're going to be really really good on both sides of the ball up front, and I thought that that especially defensively that was the difference.
0: Yeah, yeah, and you know I wasn't sure that was going to be the case exactly but it it is it should be the way they've been recruiting you know they they should be better on both lines of scrimmage than almost everybody they play washington would be the one team that that should give them problems and last year washington didn't didn't give them problems so yeah I, i i'm Washington USC is now the Pac-12 Championship game I want.
1: Uh, by the way, uh, I would like to say we, sorry to interrupt, but I would like to say as far as Yankees Mets, there is such a USC UCLA vibe here. Like UC, oh, USC yeah. matters so much in Los Angeles. I know people think of Los Angeles as hippies and pot, but the, the USC football matters here. That's what I've noticed over the past 3 years.
0: It does and and UCLA doesn't
1: really register. It doesn't that register
0: much. at all. Even after that great win, you know, you look at the the Hawaii game and a lot of empty seats in the Rose Bowl. Yeah, It's just not the same. They don't have the same following, not the same passion. But they look good. UCLA did. Now, I still don't know how much that Texas A&M win means. I mean, when you saw Texas A&M against Nichols just eking out a win, you're like, ooh, this could be be rough.
1: Yeah. No, I thought it was impressive. And just because there's so much respect for Shaw – as far as you know, his name's brought up every time there's a, a, an NFL coach uh, coaching available, just because the kind of offense and the team they run, but. Uh, people just respect Shaw so much, and if you're putting up over 600 yards on Shaw, that's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Okay, Clemson holds Auburn to two field goals in a 14-6 to game. So this I want to delve into because the number three Clemson Tigers is a team that you, specifically Andy Staples of Sports Illustrated, said, dude, well, I don't understand why there's Ohio State and Alabama conversation without this team, but we didn't know Kelly Bryant was going to be so far what he's been. Yeah, but it doesn't
0: matter because they have so much talent. Well, they had a tw-
1: what, 12 sacks, 11 sacks? I had 11 sacks. Austin, Austin Bryan
0: had four. Uh, and Jarrett Stidham, <laughs> welcome to, because that's not your welcome to the SEC because only Alabama's
1: that good in the SEC. <laughs> he was so basic last night against that pass rush.
0: Oh, yeah. Is that one of those reality TV show words? I th- I basic? Yeah, basic. Basic's I, I, a pretty
1: normal word. I don't know. Hey, but real quick, not to look ahead too we, much, we, but...
0: We don't use that in how, how about
1: 11 sacks? Now, Auburn, whatever. But how about 11 sacks against Auburn, and then Louisville next week, whose Ooh. offensive line is leaky AF. That is a reality TV but thing. But better.
0: Better than last year. I watched that North Carolina game yesterday. It's a lot of mental mistakes, though. They're, on right, but they're blocking better. Lamar Jackson, by the way, still the best player
2: in college football. I'm telling because, you... The
1: co- They're going to have a conversation, the Jets or whomever, if it's Darnold, Rosen or Jackson, because his numbers are going to be so weird that people are going to have to pause. Well, you have if if you're evaluating Jackson, you have to evaluate the talent around
0: him as well. You know, the quarterback at Clemson, the quarterback at USC, the, the quarterback at Alabama, they are playing with so much more talent around them. Jackson is doing that not by himself,
1: but. He is the reason they're doing anything. Malzahn is, you know, run first. Petway had 74 yards. 177 yards total on offense bad. for Auburn. 74 yards passing for Stidham. It was bad. And, and so I'm not – now, I was never
0: on the Auburn is going to be the second best team in the SEC and is going to challenge Alabama train. Uh, you, you have me recorded many times saying that I was not on board that train. You said South Carolina. I said LSU in South Carolina. That's yeah. I may, maybe didn't say South Carolina, but now I wish I had. Mm. But I definitely said LSU instead of Auburn on that front. And I may be wrong on that too. But I needed to see it with Auburn. And honestly, my question with Auburn was the defense. Would it be as good as it was last year? And yeah, better. Auburn's defense did a great job against Clemson's offense.
1: Oh, I meant to say the front of uh, Clemson was better. Austin awesome. yeah. Bryant, I when I, when I was focusing, trying to focus on all the games, he was in the backfield, like, literally. Clemson's D line
0: is better than everybody's D line, than
1: anybody in the country, right? I mean, it's it's sick. By the way, they won. They lost two fumbles on the night, and they still
0: won. I know. Uh, well, they they had five turnovers against Louisville last year, and still won.
1: So Kelly Bryant runs. Uh, he sat for a couple years behind Deshaun Watson. He runs for two touchdowns. Uh, is there something you see from him? that along with the defensive front that would be encouraging uh, uh, besides the obvious. He just seems to to get
0: it, gets the offense, has the respect of his teammates uh, commands. They don't huddle, but commands the offense. And yeah, I, I think this is, they, there's a reason he distanced himself so quickly from the other guys because Dabo was saying in the spring, if season started today, it'd be Kelly. And then he never changed that. It, that never, that never wavered. So yeah, I, I think he's the guy. Now, is he as good as Deshaun Watson? No, but the talent around him is going to allow him to do a lot of things. They're not going to play Auburn's defense every week. They ain't playing Auburn's defense next week.
1: And he's two games in. I, I, he's just impressive. Yeah. I, I heard him talking after the game. I'm like, oh, okay, that kid gets it.
0: Yeah. yeah, and he's one of those guys that Clemson took who was not necessarily a big-time recruit. He was a, a an in-state kid, didn't have huge offers, but they just liked him. He seemed like the kind of guy they like and and could use. And so they took him, developed him and and sure enough, he beats out two guys who were much more highly recruited.
1: Follow me here because Dabo has seemed to be I, with the winning, I don't know if that's what it is. He's less hokey and more now just confident. I, 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 I this is me on the outside looking in. He just, he really does command a presence now that no, used to be kind of hokey. I think hokey. he's
0: exactly the same. You're just seeing the results, so you respect it more.
1: It was a little PJ Fleckish.
0: He's the same guy. He has not changed a bit. The same. Okay. But because he dominates, people respect it. And, P- and there's still people who because they aren't smart enough to look at the results, they only look at the the show who think oh no he's just a spoofy guy. no he's one of the smartest coaches in the business. he has known what he was doing the entire time the
1: entire time. remember though he was literally I mean when Bowden that was he was it wasn't he an interim replacement? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's not like he was a a Fuente that was hot in a coaching circle. No,
0: but I'll tell you what I... Okay, I'll tell you the first time I heard Dabo Sweeney's name, and I realized, oh, this is somebody I should pay attention to. I'm in the gym at Lake Butler... At Union County High School, Lake Butler floor. Bragging. CJ... Yeah, this little tiny gym in the middle of nowhere no, for you
1: bragging about working uh, out.
0: No, no, no. the The high school gymnasium. Okay. So, CJ Spiller is going to sign his national letter of intent. But nobody knows where. Everybody assumes it's going to be Florida State. But the Florida people are holding out hope. One side of the gym is all people dressed in orange and blue. The other side of the gym is all people dressed in garnet and gold. C.J. Spiller reaches down and picks up a hat and puts it on. And it's got a tiger paw on it. He says, I'm going to Clemson. The entire gym goes silent. You hear his mom go, what? And then afterward, we asked him why. Why did you pick Clemson when clearly, you know, you've got these good programs in state. But you didn't want to go. He goes, oh, the guy who's recruiting me, Dabo Sweeney, and that was the first time I'd ever heard the guy's name. I was like, well, I better make a note of this dude. Really,
1: yeah. So he's Spiller legitimately just said it was all about Dabo. Yep, yeah. and and if you go back, huge to Clemson.
0: That was that was the moment things began to turn for Clemson. Was when he signed. Everything was that the same class as Boyd? Of that.
1: Was that the same class as Boyd? No,
0: Taj Boyd was three years later. He was three years later. Okay, it was yeah. the
1: same class as my man walking around with a pirate in a man bun then. <laughs> uh, what you, uh, Charlie Whitehurst? Yeah, <laughs> I think it was. I think Spiller and Whitehurst might have made the same. I think Whitehurst, Maybe was, a Whitehurst bit older. was a year older. He's a, a little bit
0: older, older, but yeah, they, but it was class of 2006. And
1: it I'm just saying just, I'm just saying with yeah. Bowden with with Bowden things had gotten cuz I was in the state they had gotten stagnant like they Bowden had. he wasn't a terrible coach he was enough he was an okay recruiter but they had gotten stagnant and there was this, mm. this, this like rejuvenation yeah. or in, just this injection
0: well, and, and the other thing is like when when Dabo got the interim job and then he got the full-time job you watched how he put his staff together and you're like this guy knows what he's doing because he went and got Dan Brooks to coach the D line Okay, Dan Brooks was the D-line coach at Tennessee with those great D-lines like Albert Hainsworth, John Henderson, uh, just f- phenomenal D-line coach, Darwin Walker. So he gets him. He hires Woody McCorvey as his director of football operations. Woody McCorvey was uh, his position coach at Alabama. He'd been at pretty much every SEC school. So this is a guy who knows the ins and outs. That's your consigliere. He kept, he has Brad Scott coaching the offensive line, Brad Scott – the guy who led South Carolina to its first bowl win as a head coach, who coached Steve Tannehill. I know. I don't think he recruited him, but he coached him. Uh, There were, I mean, there were so many signs along the way that this guy knew what he was doing, but he's hokey. He's, you know, telling the American express card story and all that stuff.
1: And people just didn't quite buy in. He's on the verge of that's legitimately becoming a, like a blue chip, Program where we're now talking about it. I mean, as far as the ACC, I don't think they're on the verge. They're there because the pipeline, as far as recruiting, his recruiting each year has remained constant or gotten better, which is crazy. Right, and and this year, I mean, it depends on how things fall
0: and and how the how the rankings change as they go, but. Uh, Clemson has a shot at getting, like, three of the top five.
1: Yeah, no, it's not. Like, nobody does that. No. Even, even Alabama doesn't do that. And not just specialists. On both sides of the ball up front, he's continuing to Tom, reload. Tom
0: Luganbill, who co-hosts the show with me on, on Channel 84 on SiriusXM, made a great point. He said, look at the way they recruit. They have emphasis on certain positions. and And you look at it, they recruit like an NFL team drafts.
1: Defensive front.
0: Defensive line, quarterback, corners. They Tom can Luganville,
1: find... he must have meant Patrick Maher. I just said that.
0: <laughs> but they, they, they can find good inside linebackers. They can find good running backs. They can find receivers. Now, they do find special receivers like Sammy Watkins and Mike Williams. Not bad. But D-line, quarterback, corners. They've always got them.
1: Name Andy. a city, and Andy now. has it. We Choose a restaurant, it. and he'll break it down better than a cover two defense. Let's find out what's good. Yeah, let's find out what's good. This funny, the copy is a chick reading about cover two defense. She was probably like, how do you say this? Cover two, cover two, it's time for What's Good with Staples. It's a drinking show on a Sunday night. Oh, well, then we'll talk about a place that serves some good drinks. Well, and you got ribs now, just to be to be fair. Oh, yeah. no, I'm going
0: gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a place you can go when you're on the road. All right, let's uh, hear it. I got, I got them stacked like cordwood, man. What's good with Staples? Industry Public House in Pittsburgh. Now, normally this type of place would be in the hippest downtown neighborhood. It's not. Uh, there, there's one kind of near downtown. There's another one out near the airport. The one out near the airport is in a shopping center like a Sam's Club and a Max and Irma's and you're like, there's no way this place could be good. But you walk in and it's got TVs everywhere, uh, tons of beer taps, lots of different whiskeys and maybe it's good. Okay, so what are you eating? Boar bacon. Huh? Boar bacon. Go ahead. Bacon from a wild boar. That's what's up. It's leaner, not as fatty, so you never get that. Like that, they can cook it. See, I don't like crispy bacon. I like softer bacon. Yeah,
1: that makes sense to nobody.
0: But, but you don't want to eat that. The problem with eating soft bacon is you don't want to eat that that big chunk of fat that didn't really get cooked well. On a leaner piece like the boar bacon, there is no chunk of fat like that. So you got to cook it where it's a little bit soft. It's perfect. They'll you can eat that by itself. They'll also put it on a burger with candied jalapenos. It's so good and. Uh, They have barrel-aged Manhattans, which are fantastic, but also they do, uh, I forget what they call them, Uh, I call them lumberjack old-fashions, basically where you take wood chips, use a torch to create smoke, and you actually infuse smoke into the drink, and it works.
1: By the way, the problem with soft bacon is it's not crispy. Is the answer? What the hell are you talking about? You prefer soft bacon. Crispy, crisp,
0: I want chewy bacon. Crispy bacon is disgusting. Oh, okay. Why would you cook all the flavor out of it? So where you, is you don't eat your steaks well done, do you? Nope.
1: What am I unsophisticated? It's wrong. It's wrong with you? What am I unsophisticated? What? So what's the name of the place? Industry Public House in Pittsburgh. All right. And so during your little hunkering down from Irma, you also got some ribs. Any just a tip on cooking ribs? So, yeah, I hadn't
0: cooked them in a while. Keep an eye on them. Do not just rely on your internal temperature probe because they're, they're thin meat. So it's not like you're just jamming that into a pork butt and you're going to get a good read on it. Uh, there's a good chance you could be drying them out. And that's I did, I dried them out a little bit yesterday, but I did find a good mango habanero rub at the at the supermarket, and uh, I knew it was good because when I uh, when I poured it on, I immediately got into a coughing fit just smelling it. Wait, so. hold
1: on! It just and Dustin went nuts when
2: you said mango habanero. Yeah. Mango habanero is the new great sauce for everything. It's the best wing flavor. Dude. And we mm-hmm. need more super spicy and super sweet combos. Well,
1: and this is a dry rub, so it's perfect. He's very passionate about sauce, not like about it. your and your family's lives. Uh, Andy Staples, place at the table. You asked after week one, what are we going to learn in week two? What the hell did we learn, homeboy? As Homer Simpson
0: said in that classic Simpsons episode, I haven't learned anything. You did learn
1: that Oklahoma. Baker Bayfield's uh, awesome. I mean, dude, that was a complete team. It went to Columbus. That's pretty mm-hmm. impressive, especially for the Big 12, who over the past, I don't know, 15 games hadn't beat anybody in, in the top 10.
0: Uh, it was pretty strong. And and you're right. It was a complete performance. The defense, I'm not giving them enough credit. So, uh, Oba Oronkwo, Okoronkwo. You said Oboe, it. Oba Okoronkwo. There. Said it. Georgia,
1: great. Yes. Because that's a tough place. Notre Dame, you're fine.
0: It's fine. It's a one-point game against a good team.
1: USC, ridiculously impressive. Clemson D, great. Auburn D, also good. Auburn O, uh uh-oh. Best to everybody dealing with the storms, all kidding aside. Andy, best to you and your family. Thank you. Place at the table. All right, it's Place at the Table podcast. You can find us, PATTPodcast.com iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and podcast. Make sure you uh, rate it, leave a comment. Andy likes to read about himself. Uh, at podcast. since you're the star, I guess, last thoughts from Andy Staples. Everybody in Florida
0: and Alabama and all the coastal areas, please stay safe. Don't do anything stupid. Do not
1: shoot your guns at the storm. Talk to you next time.